0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito Com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. stakes ends April 3rd,
1: 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito And How's my audio? hope I'm coming through okay. I'm actually out on the road for... My real job, and I was not unable to watch the game, so I had to follow the whole thing on League Pass, which was pretty fun. Um, that said, I'm on the East Coast. I'm tired. I've been traveling for about six hours, and so I don't have a ton in me. Kind of feel like the Phoenix Suns, who were playing on um, third night in four days, though they did you know, beat the pants off of somebody pretty recently, so they actually got some pretty good rest time. Whereas the Mavericks came out and just lit them up early. It's the first time I think we've beat the Suns since before COVID, something like November 2019. Really spectacular win, I think. Um, just just one of those where you you enjoy it from start to finish, and I think we should hang out for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, and then you guys should let me go to bed. Um, coming up first, let's go with Chris Haley. How you doing? I'm good, Kirk. You doing all right? you sound tired. I'm Okay. Uh, you know, well, I'm really – what I'm actually trying to do is not talk so loud that I don't feel like hotel security called on me. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, Mavs are heading in the right direction, like I said in the comments. Uh, beating the
1: Knicks and uh Suns in the regular season, that's a good start. Well, and, the, the, beating the Suns, you know, as much as I like that Knicks game, it's – the Mavericks are just – like, Luka is significantly better than every single one of their players. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Suns have, like, three guys that I would love for Luka to play with. Um yeah.
3: Yeah, if you didn't have that Damian
1: Lee going nuclear in the first game of the season, I mean, we we know we would have won that. Well, and that you know, I I, that was one of many games that I feel like would have changed sort of the trajectory of the season. Um, And we'll we'll see what's going on. Wait, Ethan in the chat, you just said Odell to the Chiefs. Is that real? Because that would be laugh out loud funny if he just came to get a a a cool a cool. Like a a front row seat to the Mavs game. Whatever. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Ethan. (laughs) Way to mess with me.
3: Um, But I'm glad we got a Suns win. I mean, if we had to pick like a a Pistons win or a Suns win, I would obviously. Suns win, right? Because of the West, I mean, of course, you want to beat the bad teams, but I'm liking it that Tim Hardaway Jr., four straight games. He's making, you know, 45% from field goal and his threes going down. I just, man, I just hope he can stay consistent. He could just score. Four or five threes a night. That's all. That's all
1: we ask, because we know we see the 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 thing about this is is like if not everybody has to play great every night, because once again, Reggie Bullock looks like warmed over ass. (laughs) Dorian Finney Smith gets twenty five minutes of cardio, does next to nothing. Uh, He might have played good defense because I didn't see it, but I'm like looking at the stat lines, and it's just like we like the Mavericks need somebody else to do something. And tonight, the people who did something were Tim Hardaway, and then obviously Josh Green, who kind of had a nuclear first half um and then was much more quiet in the second but that's fine because you know you, you don't have to like that's the point of a team is you you build you build little things over the course of the game
3: yeah step in the right direction like i said the Knicks, road game pass demons we beat beat them this game we won from start to finish we had a big lead and really they didn't come within 10 points i mean we they were going on a little run but all teams go on runs um yeah and this is their the maps 10th win with uh, versus Teams that are plus 500. So we know that we're good against good teams. I mean, and yeah, the Suns are one of the best right now. I knew we we're missing some players, but I'm saying we've got a tough schedule coming up. But I would rather have a tough schedule coming up with less rest. To be honest with you, the way this MAPS teams have been playing, you want to have three, four days off and then you play, you know, the Thunder or the Rockets. I mean, we've lost those games. So uh, I'm kind of glad that we have several games coming up more frequently
1: tougher games because Luca plays at his best anyway. So Sure. Sure.
4: And, uh, yeah, this Hardy. was,
1: this seemed like a fun game. I'm annoyed that I'm annoyed that I missed it and free, free throws 22
3: out of 26. I mean, thank God they're finally, at least for this game and last game, they were hitting their free throws, but the whole Bullock thing for 25 minutes and only scoring zero points, that's just unacceptable. If you, if you, especially if he's not going to be playing great defense out there, but I, I love seeing Hardy out there. Um, you know, scoring 10 points and you know very quickly ah oh, man that's just I I'm liking what I'm seeing I know it was garbage minutes and all but
1: oh man I hope he turns out to be something that's gonna be great no but I mean you, you don't write off 10 points in two in like three minutes so like, you just don't do that he
5: can
3: uh, drive the ball he's quick I mean I like what I'm seeing from that. that could be so I mean I know he's a guard and Bullock is a guard forward but Damn, I would rather honestly, Harry take bullet minutes at this point. Well, they do. Candy. Like
1: you know, kid. One of the things cracks me up about kid's quotes is like he talks about this like he's not in total control of the situation. <laughs> where it's like, buddy just just put him in the game.
3: Put did him in the game. About, last, like, did you hear him about Josh Green? was saying, "Oh yeah, he's he's playing really good. I hope he doesn't leave us or something
1: like that because he's going to get yeah.
3: I'm like, oh my god, kid, shut up, dude." Well, That's I'm not.
1: Funny. I'm I. Josh Bow sent me that, and it's like what it does is it riles the rest of us up because everybody thinks about Jalen Brunson. But ah, yes, that's a I, that's a conversation we will have at a later date. I mean, he is in year three, and they do have the ability to extend him this off season. Yeah, that's um, a I'm long sure way away. I I, 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 re, I really do think they if if they keep him, you know, and you know that's going to make everybody angry, but if they keep him, they'll extend him. It, it's yeah. you know. And if if anything, he'd be a good trade
3: asset. I mean, just depending on what the what the trade package would be, if we got got someone solved. Oh yeah, yeah. One question, one question. sure. sure. Zach Levine, this is this like a real kind of like thing that's brewing up right now—the whole Zach Levine, Colby White trade coming up, or or is that just some like
1: Levine? Like uh, the Bulls are just really in a dark spot. Is Uh is kind of my answer to this question. The Bulls are not in a healthy place. Um, That's primarily because they've traded away. They're, they're in like the darkest timeline where, uh, to, to put it in Mavs context, so they have a guy like Zach Levine. They mortgage their future. They send away, they traded for a player and sent away picks. That player is not remotely worth the picks that they got. That's the fear when you trade these picks. So they have two good players, but DeMar DeRozan's 33 and can't play a lick of defense. And you have Zach Levine, who's 25-ish, but his knee's kind of an interesting spot and it's not it's just not working and he gets paid and, a lot so and he gets paid a whole lot so yeah that that's like that. like that's part of the challenge whenever you when you use all your assets and so you know i know dalton's been pumping this out there but like there's to me there's no path right now for the mavericks and second you know it's it's a different deal of do you want a 20 like a, a superstar that has potential knee issues so those two things make it very difficult for me to like discuss in any like rational context but that's why that's out there because the bulls like need to shake it up but they just, it's, it's, they're, they're like the, the, the through the looking glass version of the Mavs. If the Mavs were to do something and it didn't work, truly, you know, the, the super duper star could demand a trade. So, well, thanks for getting us started off, buddy. Yes, sir. Have a good night. All right. Talk soon. Um, I'm, I'm worried about like talking too loud in this hotel room. This is hilarious. Hey, Brent, what's going on, buddy?
6: Hey, Kirk, how's it going, man?
1: It's good. I am currently searching my phone for my, uh, my Marriott Bonvoy number so I can get internet access in this hotel room. What's going on?
6: I was thinking, you know, um, how many more weeks or months would you want to see Josh Green playing this way before you can big picture start to recontextualize the 2020 draft?
1: I don't know. Because, this, like, you guys i kind going to get yelled at for this. What does Josh Green look like when he's not shooting 100%? Okay. You know, he he took what, seven shots tonight and he made six? That's fantastic. Are you happy with this play when he shoots seven and he makes three? My answer is yes. I am very happy. Okay. Because he does a lot of other stuff relative to what the Mavericks need, stuff that Dorian Finney Smith, for example, is not doing. He's just not doing it. But what does that mean to the context of the team building? Like, that's why we're so happy with what we're paying Dorian, you know, relatively inexpensive contract. So, I I'm going to be like, like the fact that they had three draft picks and he's turned into something. I can't properly contextualize how important that is for where Dallas hopes to go. When I talk about Josh green now, I it's, you kind of got to have the conversation independent of the rest of the Mavericks because Josh green playing good is important. Josh green, basically feeling like the second most reliable Maverick some nights worries the shit out of me. Because he need like this that that stops becoming a Josh Green conversation that becomes a rest of the Mavericks conversation and what are you doing for example like Spencer Dinwiddie constantly driving in DeAndre Ayton like can can more than two players play good on a given night so Luca doesn't have to score thirty for us to win like I still don't think we have a win whenever Luca scores less than thirty like that's so like that pivots away from the Josh Green question that you answered but that's where my head is going does that make sense.
6: It does. I'm liking uh, what I'm seeing. The whirling dervish stuff is oh, much God, more. Yes. Off the dribble
1: stuff is great.
6: Yes. And we're not getting off the dribble stuff from the other three and D guys, you know, for the most part. Right. Uh, the ball just stops. They, they get it, they pass it right back, or they take a shot. Uh, I'm liking the assists and... uh just the overall energy, it doesn't feel like nervous energy as much, and he's finishing better around the basket. So I'm just wondering, you know, he's never going to morph into Desmond Bain or, you know, <laughs> Maxie or any of those other guys from that draft. But at what point do we go, this may not have been as much of a win had they picked one of these other guys, but maybe we don't hang it on them as as quite the L that it felt like for so long.
1: Sure. No, I agree with that entirely because you, if you do like kind of a redraft of the 2020 draft, I mean, look at the top of the draft. It's very uncomfortable. You know, the COVID draft is, is, is really going to be a big thing. And when you, when you look back and you're kind of like, Hey, we didn't know as much about these guys. And this was the gamble that we took. Yeah. That's, that's sort of where I am right now.
6: how, How do you feel now compared to where we were after the Pistons game? Is it, is it markedly different or do you feel like uh, this is maybe a head fake or the start of a real uptick?
1: I need to see them. I need to see them do this for like five games, maybe not beat the pants off of everybody, but I need to see them look confident. Um, is talk Franco had a good thread. He always has great threads, by the way, is come back, come to Matt's money ball. Um, but he, he showed some of the fact that they were just running some actions that they hadn't run all season and I am of the kind of firm opinion that the Mavericks play better defense when their shots are going down. Well, their shots are going down when they run actual offense. So what, you know, it it becomes just sort of one of those things where how about you just run actual offense and, and see what, you know, It it, it doesn't have to be super complicated sets. I mean, that's what his thread was about, where it was just like some different actions that they hadn't done all year and they were getting good looks out of it. So if they can do this sort of stuff for, for, you know, Play through December because December is a rough month. They have a they they had 17 total games in the month, which means not a lot of time off. There's no home stands. It's a lot of like in and out. There's a lot of inconsistency with kind of what's on the schedule for them. So they have a lot of things working against them. And if they could play 500 basketball, I'm probably going to be pissy game to game. But I think you sort of try to make it out of this month alive and look if you looking and see if you can build off that. Does that make sense?
6: It does. I feel like. The the Knicks game, it, they had just come off a really, really ugly loss. So mm-hmm. the Knicks game to me was a combination of we want to beat Jalen. It's probably a little bit of motivation. Uh, and they didn't want two stinkers in a row. And then tonight, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Phoenix just plays last night. This is kind of a schedule loss for Phoenix in some ways because it certainly is. You talk about Bullock looking like... Uh, Refried garbage. Uh, <laughs> Booker did too. Booker was terrible after he's just been, you know, player of the month. So, uh, I, I think back to last season on the road when they were cooking February, March, April, you had those signature wins Milwaukee, Boston, um, Brooklyn. And I, I want to see what we look like on the road because. Jazz disaster, was it the Jazz or the Thunder? I can't remember. The the disaster at home, I think the Thunder, yeah, where we gave up that late lead. Outside of that, they haven't been that bad win-loss. I mean, some of the things that we're worried about are showing up at home, but things like the free throw problem is not rearing its head nearly as much at home as it is on the road. I want to see competency on the road. You talk about a 500 record. Give us some road wins to make us feel better because right now – I don't know that we're talking enough about these road struggles being the biggest reason why they are where they are in
1: terms of the standings. Yeah. no, well, I mean, the road troubles are peculiar. Um, we'll see. I mean, they have enough road games this month to to make a dent in that.
6: Yep. So. It's going to be well, interesting. Thanks, when do they ro- roll out Kemba? Probably sometime on the road trip. I was thinking it might, might happen in the fourth, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, not needing Kemba is important. <laughs> Because if he could be a luxury as opposed to a need, I think that that makes everyone really happy. If he is really good Trey Burke all the time, I'm going to be okay with that. Oh yeah. I mean, he's like, he played great in his time in New York last year. It's just, I think it's a matter of pain tolerance and we don't know enough about the injury and it's kind of how much can they get out of him? And I don't know the answer to that. So we'll see. Okay, buddy. Thanks man. Yep. Talk soon. Brent wrote a really fun piece you guys should check out on Mavs Moneyball about the city uniforms. That was really fun. Uh, It actually got bumped uh, by one of these Twitter accounts that does like uniform coverage. It was real fun. So go to Mavs Moneyball, check that out. Um, Let's keep going through people because I have to go to bed soon. Armand, what's up, buddy?
7: So, Kirk, I'm not going to lie. I know it's a tradition that every time we win, um, the title is always Mavs Party. You had the perfect, perfect chance to name a party today i did that was that was a mistake <laughs> that, nah, that was a
1: me like like wandering around my hotel room <laughs>
7: <laughs> nah it's all good though i mean every, every second of it I, I loved it i mean i love his energy the way his aggression is like i know it was all during trash time but i loved it like i think like with so many so much other stuff going on throughout the game like just seeing that just add on added on to the happiness that i have right now um It was a very interesting game. Um, I mean, I think this might be the first time that Josh Green has played the most minutes out of of the team. Um, He played 31 minutes. Everybody else played
1: under 30 minutes today. That's, I mean, just the minute total. Like, number one, you're correct. This is probably the first time Josh Green has played the most ever. Second, how great is it that you can – on a week where there's four games because there's two back-to-backs, getting in that rest early is so big on that first night.
7: Exactly. And then Tim Hardaway Jr., um, I think we all are loving what we see from him. I just think it's a little interesting that how do we see this – do we see this as him bouncing back and be, being a key player to our team or him upping his trade value? Because with with him, you just never know. Like, he, he can be super cheeky.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, but you're not – like, I don't – developing expectations for Hardy right now is probably the thing that I don't want to do at all. Like uh, I, I'm at uh, Hardaway. Oh, Hardaway. Sorry. yeah. Well, I mean, just just him giving anything after how bad he was, because it's like Mm -hmm. it's perfect. I I was sitting here waiting for him to come around, waiting for him to come around, waiting for him to come around. Mm -hmm. And then the game where he went really bad, like I tweeted out, like it's been 20 games, what are we doing? And then Jeff Skinner, Wade, and I kind of got into a discussion about it. And I was just like, look, I'm out. And then the next game he catches fire. (laughs) Like I've waited
7: for such a long time. I feel like it happens with all of us. I mean, I um, am always pretty hard on Tim Harder Jr. because when he's bad, he's real bad. But when he's good, he can contribute to something like this and get us a big W. So I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what to think of him sometimes. But I, I love what I'm seeing from him right now. Um, another thing that I'm really glad that everyone got got rest because I know you didn't see the game, but everyone else who saw it, it was it was a physical game, like physical game. Like everybody was hitting the ground. Um, I, I don't know if you saw Baluka and Maxi collided into one another, and so you would have thought that if it was a close game, they would have all been worn out and it, we. We wouldn't have been playing good tomorrow, but glad they got their rest. Um, hopefully, we win tomorrow. Um, last thing I want to say is let's just hope and pray that Odo Beckham Jr. doesn't pull a DeAndre Jordan on us. <laughs> so, hopefully, yeah, I don't know. I'm he, expecting the announcement tomorrow.
1: Otherwise, yeah. I, don't know. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. Do you? Like, I'm not really a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I, like, I, they, they need may, that. Maybe he just likes the attention. Of I don't course know. he does. I mean, because yeah, I'm it. just thinking, like, I know
7: it's a little bit off topic. This is a okay. matter but it's just like if, if he, it's been so long, we've been hearing these rumors for about a month now, and it's like if he wanted to sign, he would have done it by now. So I just I don't understand what's taking so long. Oh, it's
1: a per game. They don't want to pay him. It's a per game thing, so they don't oh, want to pay him. Thing the- too
7: was that you
1: had all the Cowboys players, all the
7: um, what's it called? All the yeah. attention was on them, but Dirk and Chandler Parsons happened to be at the game too. The TCU quarterback was also at the game. So love it. I thought that was interesting.
1: Well, it, it it would be funny just if the Mavs finally got a free agent, only it was for the wrong sport. So mm-hmm. that would. Yeah. Oh, that would another
7: me. thing too. Um, I know we don't want to rush Kemba, but I I really
1: wanted to see him tonight. <laughs> sure. sure. No, why would you yeah, not I, I want to like see a, a fun basketball to, to player to play. play? Like jo- Josh Bo went on a, a little many many Twitter rant about this today. Rant's not mm-hmm. the right word, but he's basically talking about like like turnover of roster, and. We talk about this all the time, but it's like when you really think it's been four years of seeing the same like five of the five or six of the same guys for four years. That never happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you should be excited to see Kemba. I'm not super high on him, but I don't blame mm-hmm. you one bit.
7: I just I just think it was it was the perfect opportunity. You know, two minutes left. We were up by twenty. Put Hardy in. You know, might as might as well just give him Kemba Kemba a shot. But I think tomorrow, if um, we do rest a couple of players, which don't think we will but if we Not do I, so I, would, I would like to see because a guy like him like he, yeah like he hasn't been the best the past couple of years but if you're gonna sign a guy like Kemba Walker like you got you got to give him minutes at
1: some point so hopefully, hopefully that will come soon
7: but yeah that's all I got
1: thanks bud talk soon okay now to the other side of the planet Deshaun what's up
8: friend what's up Great win. Great, great, great win. But like Kirk, one thing that I think we discussed when we beat the Warriors was that, I mean, there are inconsistencies that kind of make you worry about when you win whether the way we won today is sustainable. I actually think that this game is one of our best wins of the season by virtue of Jason Kidd not shitting the bed. I I think everyone would agree that the aggression with which the Mavs defended today was extremely noticeable. They were attacking the Suns players whenever they got the chance he played with. A lot more pace than I think we've become accustomed to, which was absolutely fantastic to see. I think think Jason Kidd just knows by now how to stop Devin Booker. In the playoffs, it was blitzing today. There was a fair amount of blitzing, not, not like exclusively that but they cut him off they made him take those impossible midranges at on on good nights and especially over the last two weeks book's been making i generally think it's a big uh, i think from a mental perspective it's a massive ask for booker because of all the history against the Mavs. so i think today was just one of those days where he did not like do what he can do usually which well, we were lucky on DeAndre Ayton was eating in the paint, like especially in the first half. Like Ayton was really hard to stop. So he's really that's He really is, and like I like I think the Suns are getting to a point where Ayton has to become featured. Like he has to be that true second star for the Suns. It's difficult to feature bigs. I know it's difficult. difficult, but I think when. CP is on the court, I think it does become easier because just naturally the way he can read the court, he's going to get Aiton better opportunities. We've seen them try and do like a 1-2 game before it actually has worked. So like I think the progress you see from Aiton, especially after the contract and the fact that he hates playing on the Suns, it's like really like encouraging for them and for whichever team he will definitely go to when this contract's over. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but for but for us, like, I mean, you know, like, I probably have been one of the biggest George Green fans in, like, for the last few years. And I fully agree with you. It is worrying as hell that George Green this year already is looking like a second most consistent player. <laughs> However, I do think... Like, it's just a question of whether this is sustainable on his part, and we just truly don't have enough of a sample size to know that. So, today, like, he earned every minute he got. I think he led us in minutes, and because he's as young, I think tomorrow against the Nuggets, he's going to again have like a good, good opportunity to prove why he, firstly, deserves to start, and secondly, why he is not the same player we knew from last year and one last thing about dorian finney smith i think dorian finney smith is miscast he shouldn't be the primary defensive stopper he should be a defensive stopper but the the way we use dfs i think we end up asking too much from him but
1: but that's where you're you're correct but that's why bullock being ass is so frustrating because dorian was kind of the the um the chaos agent and with Bullock playing so bad, Dorian has to step up. And I, you're right, he's been miscast for years in that role. When he can't, I don't think he can do. He's best as like as like off ball defender, and maybe your second best garter. You know, not not having to do carry the load so much. Yeah.
8: Yeah, and with I, I don't think saying Hardy can be a can be someone who can take Bullock's spot in the rotation is even remotely realistic, because uh, I think Kid values length. Especially in the starting starting lineup. And even if Bullock is being ass, I think Kid is gonna keep relying on the fact that Bullock is at least long and defensively aware enough to, you know, at least be a bit of a troublemaker. Whereas Hardy right now will have to learn playing defense on the fly, especially as a young rookie who's never had like any sort of like a notable defensive moment or like that potential in him as of now. So I think, I don't think it's realistic to think that Hardy can replace Bullock. But I think it is realistic to expect Hardy to get more run as like the third guard in the lineup. It's like, I, like, you can't ignore 10 points in two minutes. Like And the speed he brings to the court, the way he can drive and like just effortlessly he finished around the rim. Pushed through contact, which was a massive worry after what we saw in the G, G League. He was comfortable taking contact. He was comfortable finishing around the rim. He wasn't trying to be a jump shooter. He showed some like versatility. So I think it's a good enough sign, which makes Kemba kind of pointless to me. Like if you if you have to choose between giving one of these two minutes, I'm not going to say Kemba. Like realistically, I understand that he might have something more to provide right now because he's a vet and he's a former All Star. Did, did you and, see
1: this? Did you see this interaction between Tim McMahon and Luca? where uh, McMahon says, how close is Jaden Hardy yeah. to be able to help you guys on a regular basis? And Lucas says, he's you're asking the enjoying... wrong person. <laughs>
8: yeah. I, but like, at this point, who is in control? Because Kid seems to act like he he's not the one controlling Jaden Hardy minutes. So, I mean, whoever this mystery, probably Chand, Chandler Parsons. I'm blaming <laughs> Chandler Parsons for Jaden Hardy not starting.
1: I love it. I love it. He's going to be our GM one day. I hope everybody's prepared.
8: Yeah. I, I'm ready. So, like, you got I'm anything
2: destroyed.
8: else for us? No, man, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hope your trip is nice.
1: Uh, you know, I just gotta, I gotta go sit in a room with people and try to pay attention when I'd really rather be talking about the maps, but that's life. Have a good day. Cool. You too, man.
5: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
1: All right, coming up next, let's go to my man Drew, who's also East Coast based and probably wants to go. to
9: Kirk, hey, hey man! First thing I'll say is best defensive game I've seen the season.
1: Mm, good take. And tell me why? What'd you see?
9: All right, what I saw was I would have to disagree with the guy in the first place that this was a scheduled loss, and uh, and 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 Devin Booker was. He, the problem with Devin Booker was he was after back. First of all, Devin—they were up by 40 points the night before. Devin Booker—I think he barely played 25, 26 minutes. And the the what was problem with Devin Booker tonight was the defense that they played on him. He never got the ball. That somebody wasn't in their face. Sometimes two guys. He—they just harassed him the entire night. He couldn't go anywhere. There was a hand in his face. I mean, it was it was one of the best defense I've seen, I think I've ever seen him play on on Booker. And another point of the fact of that is if it's a scheduled loss, typically they're in the game in the first half and their legs get tired in the second half. And they go, three, uh, go through, I think, believe it was a 26-point lead at halftime. This was a game where they had their energy in the first half and just couldn't do anything. So that's where my take's a little bit different on that because, like I said, the scheduled loss, typically it's it, they fade in the third and fourth quarter because of their legs. And this was where they literally lost the game in the second half. In the second well, half. maybe I mean the three first games in four nights though. Is still, like we've seen the mavs do this, where they just look like
1: ass from the get go. But what was interesting well, about the suns is I want to say in their last game they did sort of what the mavericks did tonight, where they ran. I want to. They're playing somebody they just weren't in them right off the floor. So everybody on their roster, even though they're they are playing their third game in four nights, they should have been at least rested enough to put up a better fight. And the mavericks just slapped them in the mouth.
9: Yeah, nobody played D. mate because, like I said, they they were up forty points in their like in the, in the game last night. And nobody really mm-hmm. played a lot of minutes. But another, another thing I want to say: one of the reasons Josh Green didn't score so much in the second half was because they closed him out. But he had like three or four assists. They closed him out, and he just didn't take bad shots and, and was dishing the ball. And he had like three or four assists in the well, second half. Well, that's where
1: the that's where the putting the ball on the floor thing relative to the other kind of wingish people. He's just better at it.
9: Yeah, I mean, he dribbled under. He dribbled underneath the basket at, at one point and almost was going out of bounds. Two guys collapsed on him, and he he kicked the ball out to. I can't even remember what it was. Uh, for I think it was even Maxi to kick him out of the point where Maxi took one dribble and had had a nice little eight foot floater. I mean, he he made good plays tonight. And one thing that they mentioned in the game. This was interesting, and I didn't know this before, but that Josh Green actually leads. The team in plus minus this year, and oh, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. And you know what his plus minus was tonight? What's that? Plus twenty
1: six. Pretty good. Yeah,
9: yeah. Pretty it was just good. it was it was just incredible. And one thing I know I keep harping on it, but I but I have to say this again. He right now is 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 younger than several rookies that are that are in this season. He was so young in that draft and had to learn to play basketball in the NBA. And, you know, but I think his immeasurables are, I mean, he's a great athlete and he's learning and, you know, I, I just, I still see a great future for him, but you know, we, uh, we shall see. But like I said, he's, he's still, I think he's still barely 21, you know, and, um, uh, you know he's he 's getting better all the time you know i'm i 'm a big fan of his, and I did have to agree I did like what what uh, Hardy did tonight i 'm not sure that that you know that he deserves to be in the rotation or anything so like i, that. I was for,
1: so him. I was briefly very confused because I googled Josh Green age, and I keep forgetting that the governor of Hawaii is also named Josh green, um so it says like the first josh green says fifty two years old um back okay um, but the, the, our josh green is twenty two so he he turned he turned 22 in november so
9: okay so he just turned yeah. just turned 22 so. and that's what i'm saying is he's uh like i said he he came in the league he really wasn't didn't know a lot about basketball he played the covid you know well, he and, was and, like you know, he was really like like he was really bad
1: I had somebody get in my mentions the other day and tell me that he was good at at Arizona. He
9: was not. No, no, he was, he was not. He was simply drafted on his physicality, the athleticism and everything. Yeah, exactly. That everybody said that he's not ready to play in the NBA, but he has a high ceiling. The kid learns to play basketball he's he, athletically, the things that he can do. And that steal he made on Shea Gal, where he took the ball and, and, and went down and had that two-handed dunk. I mean, he literally left Shea uh, – not Shea Gal, I mean, uh, yeah. Glender Shannon. He literally yeah. left him in the dust when he picked up that ball and, and went. I mean, you know, he's, he's – like I said, if he gets better and more positive basketball, he's, he's, got, he's got great athleticism and tools to, to work yeah. with.
1: Well, just the ability, you know, the, the being able to dribble just opens up a lot for this oh,
9: team. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. just does. And, and I'd love to see him play with, with Doncic. He he makes Doncic – he speeds Doncic up. He makes yes. – you know, because he's right. running down the field, and Doncic oh, I better start – I better move and catch up to this guy. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I love that about him too. Anyhow, but defensively, this team looked great. Don't look at the the score in the fourth quarter. They got a bunch of garbage points, you know, because Luka didn't play a minute in the fourth quarter. That's two out of the last three games. He mentioned that. Yeah, he says, I love that. And he's he's
1: scoring like a point a minute.
9: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. That's probably the funnest thing about these past two games is, like, we're getting to talk about other guys while Luka is just blitzing.
9: Well, he was so efficient. He was 12 for 20 from the field and 4 for 9 from three point range. So he's preposterous. Yeah, extremely efficient. And, uh, some of the plays he made, like that one play where he had two guys bouncing off, off each other. And as they bounced off, he went right through and right, you know, I mean, just, it was, it was a fun game to watch. Sorry you, you missed it, because it was one of the most I'll fun games. Way, yeah.
1: I've I'll find watched. a way. You know, Panda. Our, our, our man Panda Hank and Mavs Money Bowl will hopefully post a re, uh, recap video so I can see some of it. Yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. All I right. Will, uh, all right. We'll thanks for soon. having me, man. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Bye. Uh, let's go to Charles. Hey, Charles. You're going to come on here and talk about something happy. Isn't that nice? Oh, yeah. Amazing. This What's is, going uh, on, friend? Oh,
2: things are so much better lately. Uh good. Yeah, I don't I got this this team's chemistry, I think it I think felt like we played faster. And they definitely
1: did. They scored more fast break points in the first half than they have uh than they do all game.
2: Yeah, I mean but but along with that, and I, I don't really buy into this idea that they have to score on offense to play defense. And I think Sweeney is actually the only real besides Jared Dudley, obviously is a great mentor. He knows how to communicate with guys, but Sweeney is obviously the brains down there on the bench with the, with the def- they, those guys probably just got tired of watching shitty defense on film. And they were just getting tired of being embarrassed in the film room. And they finally got something figured out there, but no, I, I'm, I'm with the last guy who said it wasn't a scheduling loss. No, they, they played, even while they weren't playing with as much of the rotation guys in the fourth quarter, they were still getting after it defensively. Now, in the last few minutes, it doesn't really matter anyway. But, but yeah, I mean, no, I, plus I, I don't know what is it. Why does everybody hate Tim Hardaway Jr.? What did he do? I mean, he I,
1: shot he shot thirty he shot thirty percent for almost sixty games. So all of last yeah. year he was terrible. Then he got hurt. Then he came back yeah, but, was also terrible.
2: But but the season before that, I mean, he was like the second most important scorer in the Correct. playoffs against the Clippers. Correct. So, I mean, and, so, and I watched him play for the Hawks, and I don't I know he may not have been as impressive. Uh, with the Knicks as he was well, with the Hawks. I don't know what happened. In his there's period. some
1: there's some theory that, backed by game tape, I'm not sure you know these last three games sort of blow that narrative open, but there's some theory that Rick Carlisle helped keep – Rick Carlisle's a bit of a shot doctor. Exactly. Uh, Do exactly. you remember how he helped O.J. Mayo really well? He, he, he helped there.
2: every player. I mean, uh, Chauncey Billups is the one of the biggest Carlisle fans. He'll tell – other NBA players, you got to go play for Rick because he. So, helps your so game. that
1: so, so If you look at the two seasons he had under Rick, like full seasons, are almost five percent higher than his okay. career average. Like that matters. So, right, yeah. I so, don't know what this means for his future, but he has gone like before these last few games. He was basically considered an albatross, and I was talking with other media members about this. So that he's gotten it together a little bit, and he's more confident. You know, he did a a, a stint on um. The JJ Reddick podcast, one of them, it's it's the previous iteration before what he's doing now. But I remember where I was when I was walking my dog and he talked about the difference between starting versus six man. And, you know, maybe he's just at a point with his confidence level where he really wants to start. And because I mean it's been since he was inserted into the third lineup.
2: Yeah, I just I just think that I, I, I'm not a Christian Wood fan. I'm sorry. I think he'll be great, you know, for you know, having an extra big body, but we're really a better small ball team. And this this rhythm we're in when we're playing fast is proof that, you know, when we get like these three great defenders, D. Maxi Cleva, and Bullock out there, and we don't, you know, rely on them for tons of offense, but when we defend well with them, plus Lucas averaging two steals a game, but basically small ball is how we got ourselves to the... Western Conference Finals, We, I mean, we were, we were pretty amazing. Plus, you know, the interesting thing about last year was we look at how far we went in the playoffs, but really the most interesting thing was when we made our big leap forward, we were playing all these uh, guys from these dregs during all that COVID stuff, and we actually started to get a little bit of uh, traction and started to kind of come together, you know, as – as wanting to play, and tonight was an example of how we just wanted to play really throughout the game. And I felt like this game was really to tell everybody that the Suns that they they hadn't forgotten how how momentous that Game Seven victory was against the Suns. And they they were just I think they were excited about playing them.
1: One of my one of my favorite followers on Twitter, this woman named Caitlin reshared that hilarious letter that the Suns put out to all their their season ticket holders. We're like, we're sorry for getting the shit kicked out of us in game seven. I'd completely <laughs> forgot about it. Just it made my I was like reading it on the plane, laughing to myself. great stuff.
2: My, my favorite expression, my my favorite moments during the Knicks butt kicking was looking at Thibodeau. He just had that shitty look on his face. He was so pissed off. It was awesome. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That was great.
2: Oh man. Thanks. Thanks brother. Let's get another victory. Talk soon buddy.
1: I see you back. Okay. Coming back then. Let's go to David. How you doing, David?
10: Hey, how's it going, Kurt? It's
1: good. It's good. I'm editing preview for tomorrow, watching, uh, clicking over some highlights, having a nice time.
10: Nice. Well, I can't wait to read it. Um, I was catching the game in and out, uh, Babysitting my uh, my two month old um, and watching Andor, so uh, Where are you I probably how, how far
1: in Andor are you? This is my uh, spoilers
10: for everyone on here. I just finished tonight the last two episodes. It's a, it's Fantastic!
1: A great, it's a great piece of television.
10: Yeah, very very slow burn. <laughs> Liked it. Liked so it. good, man. <laughs> um, All right, sorry. Yeah, Maths talk. No, you're you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, so I just uh, I just wanted to say you know I. I just – this is the reason I was calling in tonight was I wanted to ask the question. Oh. Yep. Bluetooth failed me. I just wanted to ask the question oh, right. um, about Christian Woods in the starting lineup. I've been pushing for that, but I feel like maybe this Tim Hardaway thing was the kick that we needed to sort of right the shooting uh, and get get things uh, moving again. Tim Hardaway has looked great ever since we put him in there. Probably shooting above – his weight class right now on a little bit of a heater, uh, it'll probably come down. But I just want to get your thoughts. Like, is the is the Wood to start campaign still still strong in your mind, or is are you just kind of in the wait and see? Like, we're we got some good good stuff working.
1: So, a certain media member a long time ago predicted that Wood wouldn't be on the team past All Star break. I have come to that camp. Hmm. Even I though I like watching him. So that's just okay. where I am right now.
10: All right. Well, uh, I wonder if Vegas uh, has any odds on that. My my one quick follow up, something I saw earlier today, just randomly. I'm not sure if you saw this Bleacher Report uh, because you know it's we're in every freaking rumor till the end of time. Uh, something that I had actually been hoping for last year was Derek, uh, Derek Rose. So I was curious. I saw a rumor that the Knicks were interested.
1: So also, I'm getting a little feedback. I'm sorry, and you're in. Thanks. Um, just from a TR point of view, I don't know if the Mavericks could sign, could trade for him. Um, even though I actually think the way he plays would be very functional to what this team needs in a different ball handler, he's just really good off the attack. Um, still very athletic, very solid player. But I don't. I'd be curious. Like the Knicks are such a weird team; they need to fire Thibs. I was. I, I think I mentioned this in the last show, but I was like DMing with the Knicks guy um before the game. And I just kind of like I kind of deemed that game the the whoever loses their coach is going to get a lot of shit and and Dibs is awful like they they just they need a different coach
10: yeah oh for sure he's he's one of the most overrated coaches I think yeah different era mm-hmm, so. for sure okay well uh, that's that's all I got I just wanted to say great win uh, go Mavs thanks that's right thanks so much bud talk soon
1: all right we will go to Ewan. My my East Coast friend. How you doing, Bob? What's
5: going on? I'm tired. Uh we got back to back wins, back to back fourth quarter, Luca relaxing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's good, man. I I know he was happy about that. I know he was happy about that. But um yeah, Josh Green, man. The the the, the train is 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 I don't know what to say about the kid. He just he just makes an impact. I mean yep. I know a lot of people's pushing for him to start. I mean I don't see why not. You know, him and Luca seems like they play real good to, you know, real well together. And it seems like he's the only other person that seems to know how to really pass the ball to Luca, so mm. find Luca in spaces. You know, so yep.
1: you I'm know. not sure what to do with him. I I, I wonder if if they mix up like his kid seems to be like a when it comes to starting. Like for a while, for the first eight games, he was a, he was such a a. This is a terrible phrase. I'm not trying to think a different way to use it. Um, he he was so stuck on specific rotations, and now it seems he's like trying weird stuff. But when mm-hmm. it comes to starting, he doesn't like moving things around. He really mm-hmm. doesn't. So I, I just don't know what he does with with Green. But I do think that Green should have sort of a minutes floor. I know for a fact that part of what happens is he gets like he is a Green fouls a ton. I didn't really notice this until someone pointed it out to me. He has five fouls per thirty six minutes, which makes it difficult to like play him regular stuff if he picks up two fouls in a four minute span. If he can clean up his fouling at all, his minutes floor should be twenty twenty minutes floor, meaning minimum twenty minutes. In
5: right. my opinion, I think he only had one foul tonight, um, but I don't know the stuff he was doing tonight is just like, like I said, like I said before in previous you know parties is like he's. Literally, our most athletic person. Stuff you were just doing in this freaking nation, like was just
1: which, like, 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 well, so, and and this this will fire people up beyond belief. I don't know if that says more about Josh or if it says more about the rest of the Mavericks. Because <laughs> like, I watch other teams, and it's like, hey, they have really athletic people. It's like why I am obsessed with Amin Thompson, the Thompson twins. I'm actually obsessed with both of them, but. Amon Thompson, if you have not watched tape of this guy, go. He is a one of one athlete, like second jump like Sean Marion with LeBron James athleticism. And I'm just like, ooh, could we get, there's no way in hell we could ever get him. But it's like, I want to see Luca with athletes because it's like, oh, we have, we have, he's turned, you know, it's why the, the McGee thing made sense on paper as a role man. Right. It's like, yeah. like, what if we had guys that that Luca could throw oh, like vertical passes to? <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
5: No, 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 no. You're right, but it's it's more to show really what the Mavs don't have. Yeah, when it comes to athleticism, cause, that's right. You know that brief two minutes that hardy got in you saw he you know took some contact made some and one you know took the bump there's no I mean, other than luca and josh green there's no other christian was not really taking bumps like that because he's looking you know a little frail and dodo and them guys and not really doing much they're not looking for contact so it was kind of like you just see it in just your yeah, eye test it's like damn these are the only three guys that we really have that can you know take some have some athletic kind of finish, you know, when I I win one or a bucket. So, you know, but other than that, the last thing is Bullock. I don't know what's going on with him, but he can't hit (laughs) anything. I mean, I know the numbers always say he gets better in December, but with the playing time is going down, because Josh Green is playing so well, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. I might have to throw some hardy minutes in there to see. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Bullock, but I would like up, to
1: see him play more meaningful minutes. I mean, what what's the harm? Right. That's Definitely. the real thing. I've, I've never understood that about certain NBA coaches. Like, the thing that, that Rick gets a heartbeat for is that he doesn't play rookies. And then you go look at what he's doing with Indiana, and it's just not true. <laughs> like, he has players. He, he likes players who knows what they're doing. And Green did not know what he was doing. Now they should have found a way to help him with that. That's what coaching is. But I think Hardy knows. Hardy has a pretty good feel. Hardy has nice feel. Like there's a confidence. Like he, if you could instill Hardy's confidence into Josh Green, then you'd have that like oh kind of player. But Green is still figuring out his confidence, whereas Hardy is just like you watch him and you're like that dude thinks he's the best player
5: on the floor, which is fun. Yeah, yeah he's he probably he, somebody who will tell Luca that he's better than Luca.
1: <laughs> I I love that take.
5: Yeah, man. But all right. I mean, keep it going. Hopefully you get another win tomorrow night. You know, our shooting is trending upwards. So ah, we've we needed it. All right, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. Jacob,
1: last but not least, how you doing friend?
4: Hey Kirk. You know, I, I'm unrealistic for me to think that, you know, Josh green and Devin Booker could ever be on the same level, but you know, with a few more years of development, he keeps up the good work. Uh, in a few years, I think, I think Devin Booker could, could get up to that level.
1: I just want a player, like for, for me, I want him to get in and do like my, my standard for him is do good things while you're on the floor. And this year, the plus minus is pretty indicative of that. The fouling is what it is. I like the defense. I just, my standard for green is, is can, can you help the team? And the answer right now is yes. I mean, there was that weird kind of back and forth with with Kid and McMahon about like paying him. And I'm like, I have no idea what kind of contract Green would make offer on the open market. There was, there was uh, this is kind of a side note, but most there's there's kind of a theory amongst these draft guys that that really follow the NBA draft where it's a guy's second contract is often when they blossom in a big way. So you're kind of taking that gamble, particularly for late first round and early second round guys. So I think for Green at this point, my goal for him would be for the Mavericks to lock him up to something reasonable and then see how far they can push his development. It's difficult for me to say okay, this is going to be a guy who does anything like in high level of statistical cuz it's like yeah, he's shooting like 50% from 3 on two shot, like on a shot a game. It's like what happens where he went through a stretch after the the Brooklyn game this year where he went 1 of 10 after that after that game. It, it just it's, – it's little things where it's – if he can help them win, then I'm really into him. And right now he's helping them win. And that's sort of my – that's my standard at the moment. I don't want to put anything else on him because it's just like the statistical markers. Like Jose Alvarado scored 38 points earlier this week as a as a um, non-guaranteed contract for the Pelicans. Did he? You know what would happen if Josh Green scored 38 points in a game?
7: We would all die. I would lose my mind. <laughs> I was my mind. Uh, yeah, I would lose my mind.
4: Yeah, no, so, I mean, I hope we keep him because, you know, as a I resident of Josh Green Island, you know, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Um, I mean, you know, he's, I feel like he's doing something right when really my only nitpick with him is I feel like he's too selective with his shot sometimes.
1: Green? Yeah. A billion percent agree. I, it's sometimes I'm just like, bro, shoot, shoot. No, there is a threat in shooting that is underrated where it's a teams start to and that's what happened to him in the second half. He was getting guarded more. So
4: Right, yeah. Well it was a good vibe Wednesday tonight. And, you know, I, I I I mean, I know you're a Chiefs fan, but you know, if we get Odell, I mean, you
1: know, it's just like that's that's really what we were winning for, I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. No. Hey, I'm 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 I, I, I desperately, desperately want a Chiefs Cowboys Super Bowl, which then watching Patrick Mahomes just destroy the Cowboys defense would bring me such joy. That's, that's a thing. See, we, we all what? have nice things.
4: I mean, it, it shouldn't bring me joy, but honestly, if the Cowboys got that far... It'd
1: be so cool, I man. Like, the stars are lining up for it, too.
4: Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, shit. I mean, the Cowboys versus the Dallas Texans would be pretty, be pretty sweet, man. Hopefully, Mahomes gets put on his ass about eight times, but, you know.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for coming up tonight, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. All right, guys. This is a great show. Clocking it in under an hour. Josh voted a podcast by himself. Check out the feed for that. I'll be back tomorrow night. I will probably miss most of tomorrow night, I think. I have a flight out of D.C. at 6. But then again, it's the late TNT game, so maybe I'll get home and catch most of it. Anyways, we'll be back here super late tomorrow night doing this. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out. Everybody have a great Wednesday or Tuesday. Bye, guys.